Hey everyone, welcome to the How To Gurus, a podcast with honest conversations from everyday people about how to do this thing called life. I am your host, Tiffany, and this is episode 12. One thing you're going to notice in this episode is that we are missing your other host, Craig. But have no fear, if you listen through, you're going to hear him pop in at the very end. What you are going to hear on this episode is me talking to one of my very good friends, Courtney. She was so generous to share her time with me and sit down in person in my podcast studio, which is the corner of my bedroom, and share her story of when God called her to work with the homeless community. That's right. She has spent a lot of years of her life serving the homeless community here in Murfreesboro, and she shares with us that story of how God called her to do that, but also ways that we can look for in our lives, in our communities, to serve people in general, but specifically serve the homeless community. I think there are a lot of misconceptions surrounding homeless and how they became homeless and maybe how they act as homeless people. So Courtney kind of busts some of those myths from us, but the bottom line is God calls us to love him and love others. And Jesus set a beautiful example for us when he walked this earth of serving people And as a Christ follower, I want to imitate him in my life. And so serving people is something that is on my heart. So I really appreciate this conversation with Courtney. I hope that you appreciate it too. I hope that you will share this episode with a friend to encourage them in ministry, to encourage them in community service. I would love it if you will subscribe to the How To Gurus on your favorite podcast listening app. If that listening app allows you to leave a review or to give a rating, We love five-star ratings and we love to read your reviews. So it'd be so great if you would take the time to do that. You can also find us on Facebook. We are the How-To Gurus on Facebook and we are on Instagram at the How-To Gurus podcast on Instagram. So you can send us a message on either of those social media places. You can also look at our website online, thehowtogurus.com. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Courtney about how to serve the homeless community. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the How To Gurus. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. You're my first in-person guest, other than my kids. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel very honored. You should. It's a very exciting time, and you're in my fancy podcast studio. I love it. That's in my bedroom. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the corner of my room. So we're very official, very fancy. I'm so glad that you walked on over from next door. It was a very long commute. (laughs) A long journey (laughs) for your interview. So tell the people, who is Courtney? Just give us the spiel of who you are. Okay. Well, my name is Courtney and I am married to Jeff and we've been married 25 years next week. Congratulations. That's such a big Thank deal. Thank you. It's so hard to believe. Um, but we're just a baby. We were babies. <laughs> we were 10 when we got married. Yes. I, I agree. <laughs> yes. And we have two children. Alyssa's 18 and Gabe is 14. So we have two teenagers in the house and we have a golden doodle, Harley, who is our favorite child. <laughs> she wins. That's right. That's basically our family. Yeah. Um, Courtney and I have known each other for a really long time. Really long time. I moved to Murfreesboro in May of 2002. And that's pretty much when we met. 
is when I moved here. Right. So how long, what, we're in the year, so 21 years. Wow. Yeah, we've known each other a long time. Before either of us had kids. Yes. And we did not live in the same neighborhood then. No. But we knew each other through church. We did student ministry together for years and years, like 17 years. Yes. We did student ministry together. That was awesome. And then we moved into your neighborhood. Yes. Like 12 years ago. Because Rowland was one and he's about to be 13. So wow. almost 12 years ago. It'll be 12 years ago this fall. So Courtney and I are neighbors. We live four doors apart. Yes. And all of our kids are two years apart. So you had a daughter. Two years later, I had a daughter. Two yes. years later, you had a son. Almost two years later, <laughs> yes. I had a son. So when we moved here, they would have been like one, three, five, and seven. And wow, now that's hard to believe. Like 12, 14, 16, and 18. That's right. Yeah. They've grown up together. We've grown up together. We've grown up together. grown up yes. together. I was thinking about you coming on and just, and I, we even mentioned it when we did the episode where we interviewed our kids, where Craig and I interviewed yes, Taylor and Yes, loved Riley. that. Yes. Thank you for listening. That's another thing I should note about you. You are a podcast supporter of the I, How To Gurus. We appreciate that. I am. So I'm much. happy to yeah. be. Courtney left us a review and we read it on one of our episodes so if you wonder which one it is go back and listen see if you can pick out hers. that's right <laughs> but um the kids were talking about some of their favorite memories growing up and we talked about the drainage ditch in our backyard yes and how they would talk about yes. the neighbors would come over <laughs> and play in the drainage ditch and that was your kids yes part of the, it was the neighbors. they loved it so your kids uh, have always lived here and then we had two other families on our street for a long time that had kids yeah kids played with and they were always either at our house or your house house or the other neighbor's house every day all summer long even during the school year like evenings and weekends before we were also busy before the kids grew older and got involved in sports and all the things yeah that's just really fun it's great memories yes we cherish those memories and I just think they had the best childhood growing up all together and just having this you know neighborhood of safe families that we trusted and that's a good point. Safe families. We, I never had to worry. If never. your kids came and invited my kids down to play or came down here to play, I would text you and be like, they're going to eat lunch here. Or you would text yeah. me and be like, we've got enough dinner if your kids want to stay. Like we yes. fed each other's kids all the time <laughs> and sleepovers galore. And yeah, it was very fun growing up. And you and I were both stay home moms for a really long time That's when our right. kids were little. And so we did a lot of stay home momming together. That's why our kids got to spend a lot of time together because we were both here. Right. So the reason that I asked you to be on the show today is as a stay home mom, when you launched your second and final child into school and I was the same way, it's kind of like this transition of what else is there for me? So I've devoted years to being home with my kids and keeping them home to learn and grow together. And now we've chosen to put them in school. And so what fills my day, which there's still plenty to fill a day always home management is a lot of work, but as our kids grow and change, we also grow and change. And so that's been a little bit of your journey and you journeyed through serving the homeless community for a lot of years of your life. And it was kind of an unexpected journey for you. It wasn't something that you knew you were going to be called to. So I wanted to have you on here to tell us about your journey and also share with us how we can serve the homeless community. And maybe through your story, you can help point us to the needs in our local communities. So tell us what led you down this path. When did your heart start to turn towards homeless people? Yes. 
Well, as you said, we worked in the youth ministry together. Mm -hmm. So our passion and ministry had been teenagers for many years. And as you said, we were stay-at-home moms, so raising kids. But once they entered elementary school, I felt like I had more time. And I really felt God pressing upon my heart to do something more. Mm -hmm. And I was really not sure what that meant. And I had read a book by Katie Davis called Kisses from Katie. Highly recommend. Yes, me too. Any of Katie Davis's books have been fabulous. Yes, She just has a new one out. I heard. Katie Davis Majors. Yes. She's married now. But yes, yes, I I have not read it yet, but I'm excited to. I follow her on social media and I'm excited about it too. Yes. So I read Kisses from Katie, and I'm not going to give a spoiler alert, but (laughs) she was a teenager when God called her to a a ministry in Uganda. Really big things. Really big things. And I just felt very convicted by her story that she was a teenager doing these amazing things, serving. And here I am, an adult, a mother, and the one thing I did have was time. Mm -hmm. I didn't maybe have the most resources to give financially, but I had time because now my kids were in school. Mm -hmm. And so during the school hours, I had time and I had prayed about getting a job, but that was not where God was leading Mm -hmm. me at that time. So I decided to really pray and fast about what I was supposed to do with this time while my kids were, (laughs) yes, while my kids were in school. And I did volunteer in this school, but that just took up about one day a week. So I still had other days and I just felt God impressing on my heart to do something, but Mm -hmm. I did not know what. So while I was praying and fasting, I literally heard from the Lord one day that I was to take lunch to a homeless person. Just out of the blue. Out of the blue. Which it it wasn't out of the blue because you've been fasting and praying. It was, but but that's not what I expected to hear. (laughs) (laughs) I did expect to hear how I could serve him in a certain way. But I had the homeless community had never come across my radar. Honestly, it's never been on my heart. So... The hardest part was going to my husband, who was (laughs) renovating our kitchen at the time, and say, I'm supposed to bring lunch to a homeless person. And he said, what? He (laughs) said, okay. And I said, okay, so I'm going to go do that. And so... And you left right then? I did. (gasps) I left right then. It was in the middle of July, super hot. It was at (laughs) lunchtime. And I drove around until I found a homeless panhandler. Wow. And I went to McDonald's and picked up a lunch. Did you talk to the homeless person first? Or you just I did spotted not. him or her and I then went? I spotted him okay. and then I went to McDonald's and bought a lunch okay. and handed it to him. And he said, thank you and told me, God bless. Aww. And I drove off. I think that was God seeing if I would be obedient yeah. in a small thing because he was about to so nervous. I was, <laughs> he was about to reveal something a little bit bigger. Yeah. Suddenly on my heart, I remembered a friend telling me about a place called the journey home who had mm-hmm. a community garden that her husband was helping with. Okay. So I thought, well, if there's a community garden, they must be serving this food to homeless people. Mm-hmm. 
So I Googled it on my phone. I'm still in my car, just brought lunch to this man on the corner. And I Googled it and an address popped up. And so I thought, okay, this must be where I'm supposed to go. So I drove to that building and I walked in and I said, could I volunteer here? <laughs> you never called or never looked called. Him up I didn't even know what they did there. I didn't. You just knew about the community I garden. I just knew about a community garden and I figured they would have to do something with these vegetables they sense. were growing. Right. So they said, sure. Can you come tomorrow? Oh and my goodness. I said, yes, I can. <laughs> so I was very excited and I showed up the next day and I started working in their clothing closet, volunteering in their yes. clothing closet, which is a basement of donated clothes where the clients get to shop for free. So I started organizing the clothes down there and the donations and going through them and hanging them up. And then I moved to the kitchen where I would help cook and serve the meals. Mm -hmm. And I kept coming back. So they said, could you help us in the office? Um, learning the different ways of taking in clients. Um, they fill out applications. And I should say the journey home does feed the homeless. They feed right. them two meals a day. They also offer showers and laundry facilities and they have clothing. They do not have overnight facilities. Okay. It's not a shelter. It's not a shelter, but they serve and meet the needs of the homeless and the needy in Rutherford County. Okay. So they moved me into the office and I got to work more one-on-one -on -one with these clients and just really built such mm. great relationships with them. Got to um, sit down with them, hear their stories yeah. And just develop such a love for this people group that I never knew I could. Never, ever once had this crossed my mind. And so wonderful. it was by far more for me yeah. than for them. Because I was definitely living in my own Christian bubble. Mm -hmm. Where I didn't have much of the outside world. Mm -hmm. My kids did go to a public school. And I volunteered there. But otherwise, it was church life, church friends, Christian friends. Yes. And I needed to get out and see mm -hmm. um, how big the world is. How big the world is. <laughs> yeah. And that there's need spiritually, physically, yes. emotionally. Yeah. And that these people just need to be loved mm -hmm. like we all do. Mm -hmm. And that they're no different than I am. Yeah. And I loved, absolutely loved volunteering there and did for several years and then they asked me to be on the board and so I got to see that's a big deal it feels like <laughs> it was it was a really a privilege to be asked yeah. and I got to see the the behind the scenes mm -hmm. of what it takes to run a nonprofit. Oh my goodness, I can't imagine. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. And so that was really exciting to um, be part of the behind the scenes as well as volunteer. Yes. I now have a job that takes me away from volunteering. Right. Uh, there regularly. Mm -hmm. It was. I still get to go back and visit and my sure. family volunteers holidays and school breaks to serve food to serve food mm -hmm. my kids actually served yesterday Aww. there my kids grew up going there to help serve Aww. and so they love those people also mm -hmm. they have a heart for them it just was one of the best experiences and it's still so close to my heart 
yes. the homeless community. I've learned so much from you about the homeless community. I also, it's not something that was ever really on my mind. Definitely not something that God had ever put on my heart, but I hadn't asked him to. Right. I did not have the same journey that you did as far as that goes. Some of it for me maybe is because I'm from a small town. So I didn't see homelessness in my town. Sure. I'm sure it's present there. It just wasn't as obvious as what it is in a larger city, like where we live now in Murfreesboro. Right. I do remember when I was young, my dad worked in Nashville. So he started working in Nashville when I was like eight years old. And he worked in Antioch because Antioch now does not have a lot of nice places, I guess is the word. No. I don't know. It's a little bit more of a um, scarier part of Nashville, I think is how people would describe it. If you talk to anyone local, but he worked there at a car dealership. And then when I was probably in my early 20s, they moved that car dealership to a fancier part of Nashville, Cool Springs, Franklin area. But when he worked in Antioch off Bell Road, we would sometimes go see him at work for various things. And inevitably, every time right there off that interstate ramp, get off I-24 on Bell Road, and there was always a homeless person there. Yes. Probably still is. That's kind of my only experience, honestly, growing up was when we would go to Nashville and see my dad at work because we would come to Murfreesboro for things too. I'm from Manchester. So Murfreesboro and Nashville are not that far away. We would come to Murfreesboro to go to the doctor. And I don't remember really seeing homeless people on the corner in Murfreesboro. No. Now you see a lot more. We do. As our city has grown. So it just, it wasn't something that was on my radar. When I left home, when I graduated and moved out, I moved to Chattanooga and that is really where I became more exposed to it as I worked in downtown Chattanooga and I had to park at a paid parking blocks from my work. That's just how you did it in downtown Chattanooga. And so I would encounter a lot of homeless people. So it's just not something I thought too much about until you started volunteering. And I just learned a whole lot from you. And so I thought, what a great opportunity for you to share your story. So I appreciate you doing that. Oh, of course. What I remember when you started volunteering at the Journey Home, when you were in initially, originally, when you were, the first thing they had you do, like you said, was the clothes closet. Yes. And I remember you would come home with really bad headaches because of the allergens or something. And you were like, I'm so confused as to why this is happening. And you didn't know, you know, okay, God, this is what you've called me to. And so you had to acclimate. I I did. And I did end up moving to the kitchen. Shortly after that. Right. Yes. Because I was experiencing headaches and... I'm glad I didn't quit. Right. You know, because sometimes volunteering is hard. Yes. And especially in that environment. It's not an environment that smells the greatest. And it's not the (laughs) environment that that you see the best part of humanity. Mm -hmm. But actually what I learned, I think, the most is that these are just people that want to be loved. Yeah. And they are just like you and I. Yes. We're all one decision away from being in their shoes. Right. I think... That's what opened my eyes mm-hmm. past the smell, past the dirty clothes, past right. what we all see on the street corner, mm-hmm. what most people envision when they hear the word homeless yeah. is um, somebody that's maybe addicted to alcohol or drugs and is dirty. God opened my eyes to see humanity mm-hmm. and to see people that just have the same heart and soul as us mm-hmm. and that God calls us to love. Um, reminded of the story in the Bible about the 
Good Samaritan. And that so many people passed on by affluent people, Mm -hmm. a priest passed on by somebody that was in need, Mm -hmm. just stepping over them. But one person stopped and didn't just, you know, say, I'll pray for you. Right. You know, (laughs) yes. Like, or look the other way, but bandaged his wounds, Mm -hmm. fed him, took him to an inn, even told the innkeeper he would pay the bill, Mm -hmm. did over and above. And I just think, you know, that's, that's just that story to me. I just thought of all the time when I was at the journey home Mm -hmm. that these people want someone just to go the little bit extra mile for them and to see them for who they are and love on them, to give them band-aids, to let them take a shower, to Mm -hmm. feed them, to give them a pair of clothes, to give them a pair of shoes, to give them a hug. Yeah. And, and that's, such a blessing to yes. get the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. I will say also the journey home, their number one goal is rehousing is to take people off of the streets yes. and out of their cars and putting families in home. And mm-hmm. they've done that for over a hundred people a year. Wow. Just last really? year. That's yes. Incredible. Just last year is almost 200 families yes. that they took off of the streets and were able to put into a home. And that's all because of people's donations and volunteers mm-hmm. giving of their time yeah. so that they can put money towards helping people. Because I mean, it is nonprofit. It, it is nonprofit. It totally is on volunteer it and is, donations. It is. I just think that's something that we could all get behind. Absolutely. Whether it's giving of your time mm-hmm. to help serve a lunch or donating a few dollars, or even a lot of times they just need something like socks or underwear or toiletries. Mm. Oh yeah. Like a toothbrush. Like a toothbrush. And you know, a lot of us could pick up extra of those while we're at the store and drop them off. And they love donations Mm -hmm. like that. I love that about the journey home and that I didn't know anything about the journey home until you started volunteering there. And I learned a lot about it through you. And I remember when you started working in the office, working with the clients, I was like, well, I don't really understand what you're doing yeah. with homeless people. What they're, they're your clients in an office. Right. And you explained to me that the journey home's point or main purpose, obviously their purpose is to feed hungry and help needy. Sure. But the ultimate goal is to help launch them back into society yes. as earning an income and having a yes. roof over their head and those things. And so isn't that what you would do in the office is kind of set up job interviews or find out what their skills we did. were and things. Yes, we did that. We also tried to help them with budgeting. Oh, um, yeah. if they, some of them did have jobs, but they might need help with budgeting. Okay. Um, we also would help them just find out what their needs are and see how we could meet them. A little um, interview, I guess. With like the a little clients, interview, yeah. yeah, with the clients. The Journey Home also gets grant money from the government, mm-hmm. and therefore they the government requires us okay. to give a, an account of who we are serving gotcha. so they can give us, okay. give the Journey Home money. So that's, that's helpful. It's very records, important yes. to keep good <laughs> records, right. But we also kept track of the donations we were get, giving out to oh, each client. Right. I didn't think about that. So part. it wasn't, yes. wouldn't be excessive. Right. But what they need. And that's what the clothes closet would help with too. Yes. Is sometimes it would be business attire, right? It was for could... job interviews. Yes. Um, yes. Also, sometimes they needed help with childcare. If a single mom oh. can't 
find a job because she has kids at home yeah. and she can't get childcare because she doesn't have an income to pay for childcare. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving pieces that make it difficult if maybe they're escaping a bad situation mm-hmm. or there is no father in the home. Then the mom needs help. She's kind of stuck. She's yeah. kind of stuck, I, especially. This is I never thought about. <laughs> right. Especially if there's no support system of a family mm-hmm. or a church. So the journey home was good at helping in those ways mm-hmm. also. Many times some of the workers were picking up kids and they were would hang out in the office oh my goodness, while the wonderful. mom would have an interview or where she could just have a few minutes to herself. Mm-hmm. So little it's mental health time. Little for the mental mom. health yes. time. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Can you think of a story? I know you probably have several. And obviously, you're going to protect the identity of the person. But I just remember you telling me stories specifically about very educated people that you would talk to sometimes in the office that, especially when you initially started volunteering, that you were very surprised. It would take you by surprise some of the lives that your clients had previously led. Yes. And what maybe brought them to the desperate situation that they were sure. in. Is there, is there something that you could share that wouldn't be too personal that would give anything away? Sure. I can't think of a specific story, but I do remember meeting so many different people that did have families or previously jobs mm-hmm. or situations that okay, we would consider a normal life like we like would consider we would label it yes mm-hmm. right one of them a mem- family member could have had um, a surgery and gotten addicted to painkillers okay, yeah. and lost a job mm-hmm. and then therefore losing their children mm. um that's that's a big problem yeah and addiction through a prescription sure. or a surgery yeah type situation. and then one by one, just losing family, home, losing everything, mm. and then being stuck out on the street just all of a sudden with an addiction and no help. Within and a matter of like a year or two, probably. Sure, right. Wow. And so that's where places like the Journey Home and other nonprofits mm-hmm. come in where they just need somebody to give them a little bit of a helping hand. Yeah. Journey Home has sent many people to treatment centers. Okay. And it's been a blessing to mm-hmm. see them come back and get their family back and, and get on their feet and get a job. So you were there long enough that you probably did get to see a start to finish cycle. Not that, you know, our lives yes. were finished, but you know, like sure. a, someone that was in that really desperate place yes. and they followed the steps and the path that the journey home had for them. And you got to watch them start to live successfully. Yes. I can only imagine how rewarding that is. And so how rewarding. Just, does oh, your heart so good to know? It does. Yeah. It keeps you coming back there yes. for sure. And I'm sure there's the flip side where someone just can't seem to get out of the cycle. And that, that is also hard. Yes. 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 There are those that are almost chronically homeless um, that um, are difficult, yes. but Still, I appreciate the journey home for loving them yeah. too. Continuing to try to help yeah, them. Continuing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just like God doesn't give up on us. Amen. And therefore we shouldn't give up on them. Yeah. And that you never know one of these days, you know, maybe the day where they yeah. decide to change their habits or change right. their life. So they continue to feed and continue mm-hmm. to clothe. And that meets their temporary needs, but they also meet their spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. It's a Christian organization. So they are very 
adamant about also giving them Jesus. Yeah. And do they do a church service? They don't do a church service there. However, there's a lot of churches that volunteer. Okay. And a lot of them, there's one in particular, there's a church that's very close in proximity to okay. the journey home. And they started serving breakfast on Sunday morning. Oh, at their church. At the journey home. Oh, at the journey home. But okay. then they walk with the homeless to the service, so which they is serve them within walking distance. Them. Yes. Oh, that's so great. And invite them. And I've visited this church and uh-huh. I've seen many homeless there. Uh, okay. And so I think that is just fantastic. That's an excellent ministry, I would think. It is an excellent ministry. Mm-hmm. And oh, I love that I love so that. many churches are involved in the journey home and yes. volunteer there. And support it financially. I know a lot of church groups that have small groups that go in throughout the week to serve meals. I don't know that they do. Maybe some of them do the cooking. I don't really know what all. A lot of them do. Okay. Mm -hmm. They do the cooking and the serving. Yes. So when your kids were, they would have been really little Mm -hmm. when you started doing the cooking and the serving. So even when they were really little, they would go with you and serve. So they're not allowed to serve or cook if they're little. But they well, would I guess have that would be a safety concern. It would, yes. <laughs> yeah. They have to they have to be a certain age to serve and, and cook. And so what would your kids do when so, they would go? Yeah, they would have special activities, especially at Christmas or different holidays. And I remember one Christmas Santa came to the journey home Aww. with gifts. And so my kids got to be the elves and hand out the gifts oh, to all the that. children Aww. and the adults and they loved that. That's it was a so lot of wonderful. fun. So I didn't think about that there would be children there that come yes. and eat with yes, their pam- parents or their families. Yes. It's not just, when I'm thinking homeless, I'm thinking adults. No. But unfortunately, that's not the case. It's not the case. There's a lot of teenagers mm-hmm. and there are families. And there's families that are living in a, in cars mm-hmm. that have just had bad luck, yeah. um, unable to keep a job. You can't get a job without an address. Oh, yeah. So uh, that makes it difficult. Yeah. And so sometimes people have to live in their cars. And so when there's children living in cars, mm-hmm. we definitely get them in homes so that we can keep the family unit together. That's what I was just thinking, because that's probably something that in- eventually has to be reported. Right. So, mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And you don't want to break up a family. That's never the... No. That's <laughs> never the goal. No, never the goal. Never the goal. So being yes. able to help them. So your kids would go and just hand out gifts or yep. talk to the people and you always yes. felt safe always felt there. safe yes because you had gotten I, to know these people and this organization yes yes and even myself I never felt unsafe there there was constantly police patrolling mm-hmm. um knowing that a lot of mm-hmm. homeless community were around yep. and and they would come and eat meals with the homeless the police oh really yes just they to build knew rapport them yep knew them by name Aww. they would come and hang out and eat lunch and they were constantly coming by and so I did feel very safe, safe. and I did have relationships with these people mm-hmm. so that makes me think of just our you know, me, me even asking you that question, those of us who have not been a part of this community in any way, like I was saying earlier, you know, I wasn't really exposed to it at all as a young person. And then when I did become exposed to it, I was still a young person. I was very young adult, (laughs) uh, doing a very big girl thing, living in a big city and walking to work. And my perception of the homeless community that I encountered, it was scary. Like I Mm -hmm. felt afraid Mm -hmm. and a lot of it was that they seemed crazy Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, I'm sure that they probably were to Mm -hmm. an extent, you know, maybe they had mental illness or maybe they were strung out on something. But in my mind, it was almost just like, well, that's why they're homeless. You know, like very judgmental attitude and never thinking, how could I help this person or even that I should pray for that person. And I feel very ashamed right now admitting that, but I, that was just in my mind, I was just scared of them Sure. and I would just try to avoid them honestly. And I feel like I can't be alone in that. No, absolutely not. How a lot of people think. Absolutely. And also I think when I am even now as a grown woman who is middle-aged and I see homeless people in our community on the regular, you know, which corners of Murfreesboro they're going to be. Yes. And so many times I think, well, what are they going to do with this money? If I give them money, you you have this negative thought in your mind of, well, I'm not going to give them cash because I don't, are they actually homeless or do they actually need money? Or are they just going to go spend this on, you know, getting high or getting drunk or whatever. And sure. I just have a lot of negative thoughts about the homeless community. Absolutely. And, and that's not Christ-like. That's not sharing the love of Jesus. And I'm thankful that when you started this journey for yourself, that you, you and I were going to church together at the time and you brought this to our church, this like mission of right. reaching people in our community. Cause at the time our church wasn't really doing that. Our church was doing outreach, like, for foreign missions in other countries and things like that. But what about the mission right here in our backyard? And you brought that to our church. And I remember our kids ministry and you may or may not remember this, but they made little bags that you could put in your car Mm -hmm. of like bottled water and granola bars and maybe like chewing gum and tissues. And um, I'm trying to think like chapstick socks. socks. It was just like things that weren't going to take up a lot of space But when you would see a homeless person on the side of the road, you could hand them the whole bag or something out of the bag. Right. And it wasn't cash or money. So you didn't have to worry. Not that we should worry about that if we feel like God wants us to give someone money. But you didn't have to think in your head, well, what are they going to do with this? Well, you know what they're going to do with the tube of chapstick. They're going to put it on their lips and they're going to use it. And who cares if they're not homeless? Everybody needs chapstick. Exactly. And so the point is you're helping someone who's saying they're in need. And on the way to school... Every single morning where my kids went to elementary school, we saw a homeless person every single day. This one particular corner where we turned, there was almost always a homeless person there. And I can't tell you how many times my kids, we would roll down the window and my kids would hand them a granola bar or hand them a bottle oh, of water. I love water. that. We did that so many times and got to have so many conversations that hopefully, prayerfully, my kids maybe have a bigger heart for that at their ages than what I did oh, absolutely. Even later in life. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about the misconceptions that you encountered just through your time, maybe that you even had yourself? Sure. I think, as you said, you are not alone in being scared <laughs> of the homeless or judgmental. Right. I know I had those feelings and thoughts before. I think many people have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just tend to be like that about things we don't know. Yeah. We just haven't gotten close to that. And what we see scares us. We mm-hmm. don't, we're not sure. I think that is um, very normal. And I don't think you should feel bad about that. However, I just think God calls us to see deeper than that. Yes. 100%. Is mental health an issue? Absolutely. Is drug addiction a problem in the homeless community? Yes, it mm-hmm. is. 
However, a lot of those things can be remedied. There is um, medication for mental health. Mm -hmm. There is treatment facilities for addiction. So I think they just need somebody to help them. And I think the misconception is, is that they are just standing there panhandling and using it for drugs or there, um, and I'm not saying everybody is not, um, right. I don't, don't I can't know. answer for each one, right. but as you said, I think we, as a, a Christian should listen to God. And if we are to give them money mm-hmm. or, or carry some gift cards in our oh gift cards, that's a great idea. Sure. For just a few dollars yeah. on a gift card, like $5 McDonald's ha- gift card, right. $10 to hand them card, out. Yeah. Uh, if they have a sign that says they're hungry, you're meeting a need right, right. there. Or like those little blessing bags that the church yes, put together. Blessing bags. That's a, yes. That's the name. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think that's such a great thing. That way you're doing something, but mm-hmm. I think that takes away the whole misconception that they are all gonna, yes. doing. There, you know, a lot of I hear a lot of people say, "Well, they should just get a job." Well, right. it's not that easy, no. <laughs> as you know. You need job history. You need an address. You mm-hmm. need clothes. You need uh, shelter. Yep. So, uh, and even sometimes a job is still, depending on the job, it can still just be a temporary right. fix. Because I know I gave the story about where my dad worked in Nashville. And every time you get off the interstate, there would be a homeless person. And he, there were multiple times where he would offer them a job to come wash cars because he had the, uh, he was the manager over that at his dealership. And he would, he could do contract work with people. So he would talk about doing that, like offering that to them. But even that, even that there's a good heart behind that. And yes, that's wonderful. But that's just like one day, right? you know, of five hours of work or eight hours of work or whatever it would be. And then also some of the people that are out there are not even probably mentally or physically capable or stable to do that. Sure. Because that is hard work washing the car and if you've been living on the street you're malnourished right and you're exhausted and there's a reason you're out there on the street and sometimes that comes from a disability like you've been disabled in some way I would think and can't work you know right. a typical job anymore so there's just so many reasons yes it, it's not just because someone made a terrible choice to become addicted to drugs right which is what our mind sure my, I'm gonna speak for me what my mind often would go to exactly mm-hmm. exactly yeah I think that we just needed need to see them as Jesus would mm-hmm. past any addiction or right. labels yes that we put on them mm-hmm. and just see need you know it's never a bad thing to love and it's never a bad thing to give and it's easy. I mean, it was easy for you and your kids to hand a bottle of water or a granola bar out the window. And that's not hard. And, and that's something any of us could do. Mm -hmm. And it's not scary to do that. I mean, you're in a public setting. I'm not walking down dark alleys doing that. You know, it's a very not advice, public street, right? Not (laughs) advice. So I never felt worried about that. And I think you're teaching your kids a good example of doing that that makes me think right now I should go make some blessing bags and put them in my car I think it's a like, great idea we did it for anybody short season yeah. anybody could do it yeah and the gift cards I never thought about gift cards because like I said just also I don't have cash a lot we don't exactly. we live in a very cashless society in a lot of ways Craig and I just were recently at Kroger and oftentimes in our Kroger parking lot we see homeless people who are in need and we it just felt a burden to give cash to someone. And I don't feel that very often. A lot of times I think it's because I don't have it, you know, sure. not that I can't afford it. I just li- 
physically don't have it in my purse. Like I just don't carry cash very much, but it was a woman and a small child. Mm. And my heart just broke when I saw her and she could have been lying. I don't know. But you know what I do know is that the Holy Spirit said, you have money in your purse right now. And I did. I had cash in my purse and it wasn't a small bill that I would have maybe preferred to give, but I knew it's what I was supposed to do. And like, I'm going to get emotional talking about it. Like I just felt him say she needs this. And so I said it to Craig and he was like, okay, like if you feel like that's what you're supposed to do. And then he got all teary about it because the point is it doesn't really matter to me what she did with that money. The point is God said, obey. And I did. And that's it. I am not responsible for what she did with that $20. I am not responsible for what they do with the granola bar or the bottle Mm -hmm. of water or the gift card. Or if you give them a hundred dollar bill or $1 bill, we are not responsible for that. We are responsible to be obedient to the calling. And that's what I think is important to keep in mind and something that I've had to learn along the way. I all too often, I think we feel like we're going to teach them something by not giving. Right. That's so silly. Sure. Like, I'm not going to give that to them because they're just going to go do X, Y, Z with it. Right. How do you know? We've already answered it. Right. Yes. Right. You right. don't know. No, we don't know. And I would rather err on the side of a, a giver. Right. I'm doing my part as being mm-hmm. a giver or meeting a need. Right. Like the Good Samaritan. Yes. I would rather err on the giving side rather than the judgmental side mm-hmm. of someone that I passed by. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love that story where you gave that lady the money out of your purse because you don't know that lady might have been praying for someone. Right. And. You answered, you answered. And I love that. You just never know. No, you don't know. And I love that the journey home sets such a good example for us to not give up because like you said, they have, there are chronic homeless Yes, and there are probably people that are still visiting the journey home that were visiting when you started there all those years ago. There is. And the journey home is still there for them. They don't have a limit on how many times you can come. They don't say you've been here for 10 years, you're done. Because like you said, you never know when tomorrow might be the day. And that's exactly the picture of Jesus. He does not, God does not give up on us. So who are we to give up on someone? You know, like why would we, why do we decide? Why do we think we get to be judge and jury that they don't deserve any more chances. No. Now, I'm not saying like move people into your home or buy somebody a house or something like that, but there's so many things that we can do to be givers. And also, there's a lot in this world that can make us jaded and make our hearts hard. Right. There's so much in this world. And the older I get, the easier that becomes to not have a soft heart or a kind heart or to be very forgiving. And so just taking small steps, like taking the time to put together a blessing bag and taking the extra five seconds to sit at that red light and roll your window down, or occasionally feel the prompting to be generous with money. Those are things that are going to keep our heart soft towards God. And I think we need to lean on him and lean on the Holy Spirit and pray about it. And that's what I've tried sometimes when I'm in the mode of thinking this, like when we were at church together and they would um, announce things like, oh, we're serving at the journey home this week, you know, so if you can volunteer, you could let us know, sign up or whatever. And we would take up offerings for the journey home to help buy the food for the meal and things like that. So when I was in that environment, it was regularly on my mind. So when I would see a homeless person, as soon as I would be like driving up and I could see them, I would start praying 
you know, God, what am I supposed to do here? Is it just to pray for this person? And, but you know, now that I'm not as immersed in that, I forget, I forget. And so this conversation is a good reminder of even if the calling is to pray for them. That's right. I may not roll down my window. I may not have anything to give, but I can for sure pray for them. And so that's at least a place to start. And I think when we start there, then our calling, like what happened with you, our calling can become larger. It doesn't mean that he's going to call me to volunteer at the journey home or call me into be on a board of a nonprofit, but he might call me to make some blessing bags and put them in my car and share that with people and share this conversation with people, you know, just keep that on the forefront of my mind. I work very near the journey home and we have a gentleman that is in our parking lot a lot who probably visits the journey home. I don't know that for sure. I hope he does because I do think that he's homeless. And I also do think he's a little bit crazy. Sure. (laughs) Um, But he is so nice. When we walk out, um, we always walk out together if he's in the parking lot, just because we don't know him. I would do that with any person that was just kind of loitering in a parking lot. I wouldn't go out in right. the parking lot myself. But him, we know him just from being the parking lot. But like we'll wave and he'll wave, you know. And so I really need to pray more specifically about him. You know, what is it that maybe God yeah. wants you with him? I don't know. No, you're exactly right. There's something every one of us can do. Mm-hmm. Every one of us, as little as bags or maybe praying Mm -hmm. or maybe giving up going out for your coffee that you we love to get it you cannot get out of starbucks for less than six dollars cannot it's so expensive Mm -hmm. but if we as a family decided to give up something for a month or a couple weeks and put that money in a jar and just dropped it off at a a local nonprofit, something so little even as cards once we got a group together, a group of ladies at our church, and mm-hmm. we just wrote encouraging cards Aww. and put verses in it and just let them know that they were seen and loved and prayed for. And we prayed over those cards. Sweet. And then when um, the clients would come in, we would hand them a card. Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun to see them open up these cards and read them and just hug them or just, they don't get mail. Yeah. Do you know that it's exciting to get mail? Yeah. And they don't get mail little things. And yet, you know, a card, it's something any one of us can do is a handwritten card and it could make someone's day. Absolutely. That's what I think about as you're speaking about these little things that we can do. And you're mentioning the little things that you have watched them go through that just lights up their life. Like even just seeing your kids probably makes some of them so happy because maybe they have lost a family or maybe they never got to have children or haven't had children yet or something. And they think, that they're not going to get to because of the situation they're in. And just those little things like getting a hug from a kid or get, I still like to get cards in the mail. Like when we get, you know, we get a lot of junk mail. We do. When you get a bills, right. We get a lot of bills and junk, but when you get a card that you can tell is going to be like a wedding invitation or a birthday card or something, it's exciting. And my kids actually fight over who's going to open it up, you know, right. We actually got a real piece of mail. So I can only imagine not having a home and an address in a mailbox. You don't get anything like that. And you don't have people in your life that are encouraging you on a regular basis. You and I are both privileged that we live in a functional family unit. Right. And even though it's not always easy and we go through difficulties, we have each other. We have our families. And like you and I, we have our friendship. Even though we may not see each other all the time, even though we live four doors down, we still don't see each other very much. (laughs) But I know if I need you, you're there. And you know if you need me. I'm here, 
But some of the homeless community don't have that at all. They don't have phones where they can text somebody. Will you pray for me about this? Or, Mm -hmm. Hey, can you go let my dog out? Because we're going to be gone longer today than I thought, you know, like we just take that for granted. I can text you about anything. And it's just dawning on me. Like they literally don't have that. Sure. It's very isolating. Isolating. That's a great Mm -hmm. word for it. Now within the homeless community, do you, do they find community they amongst do. each other? It is. Okay. Yeah, it is a culture in itself. Um, and there is community. They have to choose to be part of it, though, I guess. They do. Like, yes. To interact yes. with one and another. And there's good community and not so good community. Yeah, well, I can see that. As you can imagine. Like high school. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So there is community. Um, but that's kind of also a place, uh, something that Journey Home offers is a, a place to gather. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like just fellowship a safe place. time. Yes. Yes. And they have hours of operations, they do. I guess. And like you said, it's not an overnight facility. Right. And as far as I know, we don't have an overnight facility in Murfreesboro. We're we do. One. Oh, we do? Okay. Um, the Salvation Army offers overnight okay. facility. However, it does fill up and it separates families. It's not a place it for gender. families. Right. Okay. That is a need in Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there is churches that open up their doors when it drops below freezing. Okay, that's um, nice. They call it coldest nights and the Journey Home staffs it with volunteers and and paid position to stay overnight with them in the church, facility. in the church facility, mm-hmm. the church will feed them and they have cots for them to sleep on oh, so that nice. nobody's out in the freezing temperatures. Yeah. It's crazy in a city, our size. So for those of you listening who don't know much about Murfreesboro, we're a pretty big city. We're right outside of Nashville. It's just crazy to me. We don't have more. Of right. That. Right. Um, I would think that's a large need because we have, would you say we have a large homeless community here? I feel like we do. It's definitely large. I think if you go to Nashville, you see a totally different. Yes. yes. And they do have um, a rescue mission. Yes. We have volunteered there we together. We have. <laughs> and they have beds right. there. However, the journey home is trying to get people off of the street. Well, that's a good point. And into their own place. Yes. So they don't need to be dependent on that. Correct. Mm -hmm. They have never wanted to be an overnight shelter. That makes Um, sense. However, they are looking to build a new facility and they are going to have emergency Mm. uh, rooms for families. Oh, that's So they don't have to be separated. For overnight. For overnight. In an emergency situation until they can get them into a place. And they'll have all the parameters they have to have around that. But just the fact that that'll be an option. Right. There used to be a facility. I don't know if it's still there, but it was close to the journey home. And my kid's elementary school is really close to the journey home. And so their elementary school um, fundraise, it wasn't funds, it was things. Like we brought in... I cannot remember the name of the place now, but it was some kind of little house, but they were four families. And it was, if your family was down and out for whatever reason and had become homeless, you could stay at this facility. I think they could house two families at a time, maybe. Okay. It was called the something house or something home. Okay. I don't think it's there anymore. This was when my kids were really small. And I think for Christmas one year, that was what we did in their class in lieu of a Christmas party. You know, different teachers do it different ways. And for the Christmas party that year, we all brought things that this home needed. And it was just like paper towels and toilet paper and disinfectant wipes and things that they like to just keep in the house. Yeah. And we all brought those and we got to walk to the facility 
because it was so close to the school. So we all packed up and walked to the facility and we got to walk in the back door and they had a table set up and we, uh, like whatever the kid had brought, they got to set their item on the table and walk through the house. Like not take a tour of the house, but like walk from back door to front door. And the fam, there was a family that was living there at the time that just kind of sat and was like, thank you. So nice as we came through. So I love that that ministry was there and that the journey home will be able to offer that in their new facility. Yes. That's so wonderful. Yes. There are in a city, our size, there are a lot, I'm sure of other things that I don't know about. Like you said, the Salvation Army here in Murfreesboro does allow people to spend the night. They're just limited on space. And then the churches that are able to work in conjunction with the journey home. What other ways might someone find here in Murfreesboro or in their city, wherever they're listening from, that you know of or have found out about through your work with the homeless community that they could get involved some way? Right. There are other uh, nonprofits that are working with homeless. There's a, a nonprofit that works with homeless teenagers where they will pick them up after school and they'll give them tutoring and do activities with them and spend time with them until the evening and they Mm -hmm. feed them dinner and they have camps and things for them, which is awesome. And then there's one that just deals with homeless women and children. I know of another one that um, helps women coming out of the prison or Mm -hmm. jail and they will pick them up because I didn't realize, I should have realized, but mm-hmm. when they are arrested, whatever they're wearing is what they're sent out in. Oh, and so if yeah, you are arrested in the summer in your shorts, t-shirts, and flip-flop, uh-huh. and you're released in the winter, you are just Given shorts, released. shorts, t-shirts, and flip-flops. Yeah, whatever right. you have. Oh. And something I didn't think no, about either, either until, you just said that. <laughs> until I researched this nonprofit. Uh-huh. So there's a nonprofit that will pick them up and give them clothes and find a place for them that night oh, that's and, nice. and help them yeah. with some rehabilitating mm-hmm. and some classes. Mm-hmm. Greenhouse ministry, that's a local one here, yes. also helps the homeless with food boxes and clothing and jobs and Mm -hmm. they help them fill out applications and getting driver's license or state IDs. Yes. I, Greenhouse Ministries is a very popular one here. They take a lot of donations. I've heard a lot of people say, donate things there if you can, as opposed to maybe like Goodwill or something just because Goodwill is so big and so national and it's not always staying in the community. Maybe sure finding some of your community ones. Yeah. And what you don't need, someone else Mm -hmm. could definitely use and they don't have to pay for it. Absolutely. There's a website and I'm going to look it up and I'll put it in the show notes, but I was charged a couple of years ago with finding something for our small group at church to volunteer at And the way our church likes to do our small groups is they want you to kind of adopt a project or a mission locally so that not only are you meeting together as a small group and doing life together within your families, but then you're also reaching our community in some way other than just through a donation at church or whatever, but you're actually physically boots on the ground going somewhere and doing something. And there was a website I found. It was like nonprofits in Rutherford County or something, and it had so many things on there that I had no idea we even had in our area, right? just like housing communities and, you know, for low income or just sports things for kids um, who are homeless or low income or 
uh, maybe disabled in some way. There's so many things. So yes. just pull up your Google. Really. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the best way to start. Yeah. Just start Googling and mm-hmm. see what's out there. Yeah. And a lot of them have websites that tell exactly what they do, even exactly what they need. Right. As far as donations, if you're looking to donate yes. your time or money or some of your mm-hmm. um, own things that you don't need anymore. Yeah. Household items or sure. clothing. And that's a good point, too, for those who are listening that are still skeptical about handing over cash or handing over money. If you don't feel called to do that or led to do that to an individual on the side of the road, there are a lot of nonprofits that are very credible and very worthy of your money. And so we know the Journey Home for One here in our community is one of those. So like you said, get on their website, look at their about us, look at their, if they have any information on there, email the director, email the email that's on the website. That's what I did when I was trying to find a service project for our small group was I had never heard of this organization, but they had a very nice website (laughs) that was very informative. And so I just emailed the director's email was on there and I just emailed her and she emailed back and forth with me, answered all of my questions. I set up for our group to go. We volunteered there. It was a wonderful experience. And we went back multiple times. There's so many ways to get involved. And I just really appreciate you taking your time to interview with me. I know that maybe you were a little nervous to be my first (laughs) interview. I'm a little nervous to have my first (laughs) in-person interview. (laughs) But I think it went well. It went great. Mm -hmm. So I think you've really educated me again, even though I've heard some of this before. I just feel even more enlightened about it. And so I think our listeners will too, especially if this is not something that's been in their wheelhouse, just looking for ways to serve your community. Absolutely. And the homeless community is a great place to start because like you yes. said, honestly, we're all just one decision away. We are. From that. Like, I mean, someone has surgery and they become addicted to a pain pill. You don't know that's going to happen to you. No. You just don't know. Um, or maybe the death of a spouse or abandonment from a spouse. Right. Like, there's just so many things that we don't get to control. Nope. It happens to us. That's right. So how do we rise above and move through that? Well, sometimes we need help. Yeah. And I need to help each other. Yeah. We need to help each other. And that's exactly what we can do through nonprofit organizations or just through the leading of God in our lives. Mm -hmm. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. Is there anything that you want to mention that maybe we didn't that you thought of as I was rambling on about something? (laughs) I can't think of anything. Um, I just want to encourage the listeners to love people. Yeah. I just think that's so important. And I think the hard thing about that command is even those that are not easy to love. Right. And that don't look or smell lovable. Those are sometimes the ones God calls us to love. Like we talked about, there's something everybody can do to show love. And love looks like a lot of different things. Right. So. It can look like a lot of different ways. And um, that makes me think of the golden rule. Do to exactly. others as you would have them do to you. And if you were in that position, don't pretend like you can't ever get in that position. That's right. If you were in that position, how would you want somebody to treat you in any situation? Right. You know, maybe you're just having a bad day and you have a bad attitude. Well, you still want people to be kind to you. Exactly. So when that check out person at the grocery store isn't being very kind, just be kind back. That's right. <laughs> this can spill over into a lot That's of areas right. of life. It sure can. It sure can. And it's not easy. No, it's not easy. <laughs> it is not easy loving people. And especially loving people that are different from us. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned that earlier as you were searching out what God wanted you to do, that you were just in a bubble. And I think that's very common because we 
tend to surround ourselves with people who are like-minded. Why do we do that? Because it's easier. <laughs> because That's right. It's know, comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable. That's the word. It's comfortable to be with people who look like us, act like us, think like us. And when we venture away from that, it can be hard. I'm sure you've had some heartbreaking moments as you've journeyed through learning about the homeless community. I'm sure you've had some intimidating moments Mm -hmm. where you weren't sure you were doing the right thing, or it's been a learning process is what I'm trying to say, I guess, for you. And anything that God calls us to is going to be like that. We don't know everything about everything. And so when he pulls us out of our comfort zone, just dive in, go for That's it. That's right. Yeah. And oh man, and enrich your life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. God knows exactly what he's doing yes, he when he places something on your heart. Mm-hmm. And it's usually for you more than the other person you're <laughs> yes. serving, but it's so worth it. Sure. It's so worth it. Well, thank you again for taking your time to share with us. I oh, loved having you on my friend Courtney. And I think that that's a wrap for this episode. So, all right. All right. Bye everybody. Bye. Hey y'all. Thank you for listening to the how to gurus podcast. Hope you are looking forward to listening to the bonus banter on this episode. As Tiff and I discussed this episode and all the aspects of it. Thank you, Courtney, for your willingness to come on and share about a a part of your story and about what you have accomplished uh, through the journey home. Well, that's all for this episode. Until next time, thank y'all.